This is The Bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome. 512-834-1027. How you doing over there? I didn't mean to have, I didn't mean that the mic was on. Oh, you didn't? I didn't mean to do that. You only slapped it. You slapped that <laughs> thing with the I fury did. of a man I, whose team's so in the playoff for the I, first time I in two that. decades. Well, hold on. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I usually... Both, you know, like that on and off. Yeah. So I thought I was hitting the off button to make sure when I did that, my mic was off, but my mic was definitely on. I've often been, well, not often, but uh, we, we had a producer at the other radio station one time, uh, and uh, apparently I, I have a, ha- a habit of turning my mic off too quickly as soon as I finish talking, and that's just from years of being afraid of off-air conversation getting on the air. That's fair. And apparently I was, you know, hit it too fast to cut myself off. Yeah, but you I, really got to be careful. You don't. Oops. Or hit it, or hit a period when you're talking. Aha. Welcome to the bullpen, my friends. The Friday edition is here. Thank you to those who just stayed through that that wonderful intro. We I just know, we just there. lost all of it. Yeah, if we didn't lose you, we love you. Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins with you for the next hour. Five one two eight three four one zero two seven is the number here on the bullpen. In what the is bullpen. up, man? Are you excited for this weekend? It is going to be monstrous. Yeah. Do you have plans? Uh, Are you never leaving the couch because of sports? Yeah, well, I'm, I think I'm just going to watch baseball all weekend. Hell yeah. Because you know, it like, is on all day, every day well, this weekend. Be, I mean, think about it. It starts today. Think about the kind of day we got. Four postseason games, essentially back to back to back to back. Exactly. Now, there is some overlap. Which is all the better because mm-hmm. less less sitting around and watching commercials about ED pills or whatever. You know, I mean, so yeah, so I, so that's that's my weekend plan. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. Also uh, avoiding maybe, downtown at all costs because yes. of ACL. Also avoiding well Anywhere the state south. fair of Texas during well, the Red River. We're plenty far away from that. Yeah, just in case you were planning on going up there for reasons other than the football game tomorrow. Yeah, I'd stay away. I would. The state fair is not where you want to be this weekend. No. And we will get to the Longhorns and OU game and Although, more college I've never football been there, talk. I've never done the actual fair. Mm. I went in 2020 when you just drove through mm. the entire fair. I mean, it was still pretty cool, but, you know, all the cool rides and stuff that, you know, I love rides. Bring a bulletproof vest, man. Oh, really? Mm. Okay. You know, they dodge bullets up there. Gust of lead. Oh, man. Even at the fair. Yeah. It's dangerous. No, the fair's Does all big right. tech start, start shooting, too? Well, he, he's been known to. <laughs> Big Tech's caught fire. I know. I remember. Was, I was, heard. That was, a, that was a shame. That was sad. But, yeah, but we're going to get to more uh, college football talk, uh, some MLB postseason talk. But, of course, we have to begin with that absolute train wreck of a ball game last night. Denver Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson still preaching the gospel of opportunity <laughs> and, and belief that in the wake of that 12-9 overtime loss to the Colts that, uh, you know, Things are going to be okay. Uh, not mincing words, though, about his play. It's very simple. I think at the end of the day, um, I got to be better. I got to play better. Um, this team, you know, this defense played their, their butts off tonight. Um, we had some key good drives. We're moving the ball, you know, in, in the red zone. We just didn't get to capitalize on some of them, um, you know, and uh, there's some plays there, here and there, that we can, that we can capitalize on. Um, you know, we were third and long again too, too much. You know, um, that's always tough on offense, um, you know, and everything else when you're third and 15, third and 17, this and that. And at the end of the day, you know, uh, throwing two interceptions can't happen. Can't happen. Um, you know, I let the team down tonight. I, I can almost hear your eyeballs spinning over there. <laughs> I almost that's hear why it. I kept, the clo- kept them closed. <laughs> Trying not to Look, talk. Look, this is vintage cut. Russell Wilson. Like, he is a product of his own environment, and uh, he... He's he's a he's a great marketer, 
but I think his best days are behind him. And it sucks to say that. I hate saying that because I was a huge fan of his for 10 years, an entire decade of my life. But, I mean, the proof is right there in front of you, man. He yeah. doesn't know what he's doing out there. No, he's that got, whole he's offense got is completely lost. So, Nathaniel Hackett is clearly yeah. way over his head on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, like they, they, they're supposed to build this offense around Russell Wilson, and he can't even get 100 yards by until the fourth quarter of a football game. Mm. What the hell are you doing? And only just. Uh, he had two interceptions, right? Uh, the second of which came with just two minutes to play in the regulation. Right, They had a chance to put the game away here. Yep. Uh, this was That's an, vintage as well. An errant throw on fourth and inches then uh, from the Colts' six-yard line. And you overtime. know what he does? He walks away and just, dang it. Yeah, darn it. Just oh, a, well, we'll get clap like, well, darn it. He claims he didn't see uh, the wide open K.J. Hamler. Tried to squeeze the ball into Cortland Sutton instead. Last play of the game. Yeah, he didn't even look that direction if you watch the play. He literally stayed left the whole time. He was supposed to sell the safety to the left, which he did, but then he forgot to look right. Yeah, yeah. Because that's why it was so wide open. There was also a pick play, but no one seems to want to talk about that. Well, cause, cause, <laughs> that's that's that exactly why he was wide Cause, open. Because the whole the the whole game really pretty much came down to how it ended, and not necessarily because it was a close score, but because it was such a ridiculous decision by the Broncos. Yeah, you yeah. know, uh, I mean, they were. Let's see, Wilson finished twenty one to thirty nine, two hundred two hundred seventy four yards, no touchdowns. Two interceptions, all out of sorts last night. He was. He was they're lost. Nine to seventeen passing for sixty nine yards in the first half. Yeah, it's awful. That's all he had. Uh, nevertheless, Wilson still shedding some optimism post game. The good thing is, one thing I know about myself is I'm going to respond. I don't know any other way. Um, and uh, you know, I, I always believe in myself. Always believe in this team. Uh, believe in what we can do. Um, believe what I can do. Um, you know, and uh, when you play the, when you play this game. Um, the one thing that you're going to know is you're going to go through adversity. And adversity, uh, you get of a choice, you know. Uh, and I'm always going to, I'm always going to choose. I understand that adversity is just temporary. You're, you're going to overcome obstacles and battles. Uh, we're all working together. We're all, we're all, st- you know, still together, focused on on trying to do whatever it takes. And uh, it starts with me. I'll make sure that I do that. I, you know, I, sometimes when I hear guys say that, you know, well, if I, I, I never quit. I feel like. You're saying that because you do. Such an easy, <laughs> such an easy. You're trying to prove to it. it. You know, it's such a fake and and it's it's such a disingenuous response yeah. because give us your give us no your, oh, actions. I almost said a swear. Ah, uh, I almost. Well, I got said eight seconds word. of dump over here. Okay, so well, fire away, regardless, fire away. I just no kidding, man. We obviously know that there's no quitting you. You, we obviously know you don't want to quit. You're going to be going to go out there and you're going to try. But the thing is, nobody seems to know what they're doing out there now at all. I I don't know what offense you guys were doing. You guys have had five months to practice this offense, and this is what this is what you're showing. You can't even score a touchdown in the. How many times were in the red zone yesterday? Four times. They 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 didn't make they didn't score a single touchdown. They they've scored just two touchdowns in their three home games combined. They have three total. They had three total red zone touchdowns going into that game last night. They entered and, the they entered the night last night uh last in the league in red zone scoring. So and that could certainly potentially aren't climb mean, the rankings today. Yeah, they're probably what because they were 3 and 10 and before the game. Yeah. After the game, they got to be what 3 and 15 now. It's just that is just so bad. Well, so I mean, so the for, Broncos for you're paying 240 million dollars yeah, right. for this guy. Right. He's Give he's, me a break. You, you should be getting more for that. Uh the Broncos, Wilson, head coach Nathaniel Hackett, they all Share the blame for electing to go for the win uh, with over two minutes left in overtime, right? 
instead of going to get the first down and then give themselves a chance to, you know, throw for a touchdown, uh, they 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 blew it. They botched it. They bricked it. Everything went wrong for him there. He had such a quick trigger last night. I don't know if you noticed, but whenever they were in the red zone, if he didn't see something right away, he threw it over everyone's head and, and onto the in, out of bounds. Yeah, there was just some, the wall. There was just something so off about it. It, it was almost instantaneous. Like he took the snap, looked around, nothing, throws it over. So Richard Sherman, former Seahawk, yeah, uh, continuing his season long roast of Russell Wilson here. <laughs> Um, watching his old teammates' costly late-game antics last night. Yep. This was a night, of course, where you know both offenses struggled to produce. The Broncos, though, I mean, they had a chance to secure home victory. Denver up 9-6, 2-13 remaining in the fourth quarter. Things went wrong from there. Uh, Sherman tweeted out flashbacks, evoking memories of Seattle's loss in Super Bowl, uh, what is that, 40-49? Uh, uh, that night, of course, ended with Patriots corner Malcolm Butler oh, intercepting did it. Wilson at the goal line. Really? Uh, did it now. Do you remember that? Oh. You remember that? Don't remember that at all. Don't remember sitting on my couch for 20 minutes not saying a word. Now, Sherman. We can- had an entire party of people. There were 13 people at this house. Nobody said a word for 20 minutes after that game. I'm not surprised if they're all as emotional as you are about it. it. I'm not surprised. I'm surprised that house didn't burn uh, down. Dude, I am a ball of stress right now, all right? I know. You're, you're you married. They're going to be fine. <laughs> Deep breaths. I'm actually re- just really excited. Deep breaths. Uh, Sherman continued trolling Wilson, though, uh, and the Broncos after Colts kicker Chase McLaughlin sent the game to overtime. Uh, he did it with a gif of his infamous reaction to Butler's pick. <laughs> for his final act of the night, though, very visibly frustrated Sherman unleashed a tirade on the post-game show after the Colts eked out that 12-9 victory. On the final play, you got to run the ball again. Like, I, I mean, I wish I had Marshawn up here. Like, <laughs> one yard. You need one yard. Run the ball. Run, what, run the ball. And CT. He's triggered. All he has he's to triggered. do he's is triggered. run the football. Like, <laughs> necessary criticism. I'm not, you know, I've said enough criticism for him, but God dang it, run the dang ball. Like, Learn from your mistakes. I don't. Can somebody fill me in? What is he referring to? I'm I'm confused. Have you been in this situation before? Run the ball! (laughs) (laughs) Run the ball! You know, I think we feel That shows the mindset of what that team was thinking in that Super Bowl moment. Mm -hmm. Look, I will still argue to this day that was not a bad call. It was just poorly executed by the wide receiver, which shouldn't have been the focal point of that play in the first place. I'm sorry. I know he had to retire the next year because of a really bad neck injury at Dallas, by the way. Mm. Um, But he's right. I mean, and listen to the pent-up frustration (laughs) and tension from Richard Sherman to finally get to to say how he really feels about Russell Wilson and, you know, their time together, which – it's very obvious they did not like each other at all. Kyle Brandt, the the host of Good Morning Football, yeah. also very critical over this, uh, going in specifically on Wilson's performance last night. I think Russell Wilson is one of the least authentic personalities we have in this league. I think Russell Wilson is a poser. And that doesn't mean he's a bad person. I actually think he's a good person. I think he tries to be something that he's not. And when you make the $245 million, you either got to be a really great guy with the locker room who loves you or you got to be an amazing player. 
Brady, who makes half of what Russell's making, is both. Rodgers, MVP. Patrick Mahomes, both. Allen, people love him. He's amazing. Kyler, we'll find out. Russell Wilson, first of all, the NFL, the Broncos fan base has no history with him. They have no allegiance to him. This is not a Seahawks thing that they drafted him. They grew up with him. He's their guy. None of that. You know, I, got, I work the, the NFL honors. I work the red carpet. Kelsey comes by. Rodgers comes by. Russell Wilson shows up with his sunglasses and his wife, and they, I think they think they're, they're Jay-Z and Beyonce, and they will literally put their hand up and say, no, we're not talking. Why? It, it, because you think you're that cool and you're that famous and you're that amazing and everything is so perfect. That does not work in a locker room unless you are really good or really, really good guy. It just doesn't work. 245 million bucks, that can come unraveled fast. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're missing throws like that and you're putting up nine points in a nationally televised game. Um, look out. This could come off the rails. It could. Where's the lie? There isn't one. I see none. Nope. Now there was no another lies detected. There was another great line in that rant in which he said, "I don't know when Russell Wilson turned into Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> but I wish he'd turn into Geno Smith because <laughs> Geno Smith makes that ten out of ten times." Uh, what timeline are we on right now? What the <laughs> hell is going on? <laughs> we, well, you know, everything's weird in a post-COVID did you ever world, watch, dude. Did you ever watch Community? Uh, once in a while. They like to talk about there being on the wrong timeline because of just some weird-ass things are happening. And that's really, really where I'm at. What the hell timeline are we on right now? Where Geno Smith is has better numbers than Brady, Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. He, yeah. What is going on? And look, I'm not mad. I'm benefiting from this. Right now, because Denver's playing so bad, the Seahawks have the ninth and the 12th pick in in next year's draft. Yeah. So please, Russell, continue what you're doing. And you know what's we weird? love your draft pick. You, you throw out some of those names, you know, the Brady and Rodgers. These are guys that in the preseason we were we were talking about. Oh, these are these guys are going to be right at the top, uh, you know, among the the MVP talk again. And neither of those guys are even sniffing it right yeah. now. Yeah, like not even close. I don't know if you know this, but Geno Smith and Rashad Penny both got uh, Player of the Week honors this week. Yeah. How about that? How about that? What the hell is happening? <laughs> Uh, some news out to the NFL today. Veteran wideout Albert Wilson headed to Las Vegas. Uh, this according to agent Drew Rosenhaus announced he's signing with the Raiders. Uh, not clear whether he's going to sign directly on the active roster, though, start his tenure in the practice squad. He's been in the league, though, since he got cut in August by the Vikings. Uh, well, when Drew Ro Rosenhaus is your agent, you'll be just fine. Yeah. He'll yeah. find you a place. Uh, he's got Albert Wilson's got 218 catches for 2,499 yards, 12 TDs over the course of his career. Not too bad. Right. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel confirmed this week that Tua Tonga-Valoa remains concussion protocol. Good. Uh, will stay around the squad as long as it doesn't adversely affect him, he says, uh, but obviously not going to be playing against the Jets this weekend. There's been a lot of talk. Lots of talk, and we've covered a lot here about the situation with his concussion, his back-to-back -back injuries, uh, the way it was handled by the the medical staff, everybody, by everybody involved. Mm -hmm. And um, McDaniel actually addressed some of this out, outside noise during a press conference this week. He was asked if it's getting harder to ignore when his character is being called into question. You know, it that would probably um, be be hard, or that. It probably be crumbling if it was coming from within the team or um, the people that it is my job to service. Outside of that, it's actually the quite quite the opposite. Um, again, you have to be delusional to think that you're going to have a part in, or you know, who knows? Everything's reactionary anyway. So if if people want to whatever, if I 
if I'm listening to that or thinking about that, really thinking about it, if I'm spending time thinking about that, let's say Monday night for five seconds, that's five seconds that I'm not thinking about all the other things that relate to the team. Like I'm sorry, but he sounds that more to me like, like some California pothead than he does an NFL head coach. I couldn't even like follow I, that. Should have seen this guy and dazed and confused or something like that, right? <laughs> Not coaching the Miami Dolphins. Be a lot cooler if you didn't let to a play. And that cut, I cut that down. That was probably about a minute 40. And this gaps and this ahs and his ums and his where This guy, I don't know. Welcome to my life. I don't believe that, I don't believe that the, that, I think they need to change there. They need a lot Already. of change there. Yeah. Not, well, I just don't, I don't know. I just, I don't like the way he's handling this Tua situation. Yeah. You know, I, maybe not a change, Look, but something before something the, needs to change. Before there. this it, happened, Miami was riding, everybody was riding high on Miami. Right. The only thing that changed is that Tua got hurt. Yeah. Nothing else has changed. And yeah, the way they handled it was very poor and very awful. Extremely poor. Uh, but I don't think this will be the end of him. I think this will be a, this is going to be a very big learn, learning, uh, what do you call it? Uh, lesson. Yeah. A lesson learned from this. I better be. Hell yeah, it should be. So hopefully from here on out that never happens again. But I'm I, I don't think he'll get fired for this. Yeah. No, I don't I I did that came out wrong. I didn't sure. mean a firing. Just something needs to change. Sure. Because the, the things well, are not you being see, handled. Well, you see, I mean, you saw last night they they pulled they pulled uh Hines out of the game after the third play mm-hmm. because he was wobbling his legs and then they they pulled Russell Wilson. Uh they took him to the tent because they thought they saw. Yeah, so he, he they passed are on his, it now. He like passed his test. the broadcast showed them in action. Yeah. So, and there's like Five people watching the screen. Yeah. So Still I think to, now it's game on. Yeah. Still to come here on the bullpen, a fan is suing the New England Patriots over a ruined Tom Brady signed flag. What the hell is going on with these fans? And Bobby Wagner got a message for Cooper Rush. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 512 1027 is the number here in the bullpen. We'll be right back. The Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. I mean, just because a guy's been good at Bliss so far doesn't mean that he'll be good, you know, on that Sunday. You know, everybody, um, you know, we, we do our Blisses differently and things of that nature. So, um, you know, he's done a really good job of just picking, um, you know, where the Bliss is coming from. He's, I think he's an older guy, so he's been in the league for a little bit. So he's able to kind of recognize some of the, the Blisses. And so... Um, you know, you never want to like stay away from from running those things, but you know, you just be smart when you use them. Um, you know how you use them, and just understand as the you know the cover side that you know if he does recognize it, he's going to try to throw it to the try to, most quarterbacks replace the bits. So he's going to try to do that and just make the tackle. Uh, Bobby Wagner there, <laughs> uh, Rams. Uh, Bobby Wagner there on uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Cooper Rush. And uh, trying to figure out, is he saying, so he says, just because a guy's been good against the Blitz so far doesn't mean he'll be good on Sunday. So is he implying that the Rams are better than any other defense the Cowboys have faced? He's saying Cooper Rush ain't shh. That's what he's saying. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a out, there, it's There's a, that way to look at it. It was a, a calling to the defense to ignore Cooper Rush's 4-0 start and just make sure that they beat him and get to him on Sunday. Now, if he is implying that the Rams got a better defense than anybody in the NFL, to Wagner's credit, if there is a strong suit uh, among the Rams, it's definitely the defense. You know, Wagner, Aaron Daniel, Jalen Ramsey, 
three of the, probably, you know, three of the best in the game at mm-hmm. their positions. Uh, but according to Tom Ryle of Blogging the Boys, Rams defense has allowed more than 200 yards passing in all but one game. That was against the Falcons. Yeah, I was going to say, I have them as my fantasy defense. They're not very good. Yeah. They're not doing very great. Rush is a backup quarterback, but you know he can get the job done in over 200 passing yards. Yeah. Uh, plus, L.A. tied for fourth, uh, fourth to last place in the league uh, with seven sacks, while the Cowboys defense is tied for second with 15. So, you know, I, I hope he's not implying that they're better than any team that the Cowboys have faced on defense because sure. that, that just absolutely wouldn't be the case. Sure. Um, you know, he's just he's talking up his defense. That's his defense. Yeah. He's, he's one of the leaders of that team now. He's uh, Cooper Rush is, is one of only 10 quarterbacks to have zero interceptions in his three starts this year. He's the fourth ranked of all starting QBs in QBR at 73.9. And the Rams are a big opponent, but the signs are that he can hang. Cooper can. Yeah. I really... And now, now the, some questions on the O-line, Dallas O-line, some questions, but... I mean, same with same with L.A.'s offensive line. Right, which that, is initially... That looked, that looked awful I, against, the, against the 49ers. And I, and I think ultimately that's, I think that's why I'm going to take the Rams over the Cowboys, because I think you got two good defenses, and I think the Rams got just a little bit better offense. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I don't... I, I really think this game is... I mean, this is great analysis, obviously, but... I think this is going to come down to uh, either Dallas is going to completely blow them out and it's just going to be a total shock, or I think the Rams are. It's going to be so one of these teams is going to get blown out. I I, I truly believe that. I think what I just I really want to go with the Cowboys here because I really think that they can keep this momentum going. But Rams are just really good. Yeah, they got they. they they looked really bad last week, and they don't want to do that again. They and certainly are better than they, they are. Last a team week. full of stars, and they're going to shine eventually. Yeah. Uh, so you heard there from Bobby Wagner talking about the Cowboys quarterback Cooper Rush, uh, and we were talking a little bit about the the, the Rams and their defense. And uh, here's Cooper Rush on Aaron Donald. Yeah, he's a, a true game wrecker. You know, he's the best in the game for a reason. Uh, you have to account for him in the run game, the pass game. You know, he's the best to ever do it at that position, and uh, it shows every week on tape. So. Got a good plan. It's going to take execution. But, you know, he's a great player, and you know the whole defense thrives off him. And they're well coordinated, and it's a good group. He always got to know where 99 is. You know, every week, and he's used to it. every week. Teams do it to him too, and he still produces. So it's pretty amazing. But yeah, he's obviously a focal point. Obviously, obviously a focal good point. Good call. Uh, Smart call. So we know uh, Rush going to be getting the start uh, against the Rams. Yep. And uh, head coach Mike McCarthy weighed in very briefly on the status of Dak Prescott. No, he's just he'll be in a rehab group. Okay. There you go. That's it. Thank <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. He's still in rehab work, uh, but uh, he's you know he was also asked the importance of you know sticking with the same offense. Well, I think it's more about you know scheme concept and really most importantly language. You know, at, you know the biggest thing for you know for Dak Prescott when I arrived was to, was really to keep the language the same. You know, because in in Kellen, you know the play caller has to install but you know Kellen's the gatekeeper of the language and and that connection is very important because you know at the end of the day you know you got to be able to speak the language and, and but most importantly whether it's four or five years there's certain concepts that he has hundreds of reps in I, I think sometimes you can throw out the baby with the bathwater when you come in and just say hey I'm going to my old system that I've been in since 1989 because this is what I believe in but what I believe in is how the quarterbacks developed you know I believe in how the quarterback is has has a uh, you know has a menu of of reads that he goes through so those things are all in place going back to my my whole offensive history but the language 
language and the concepts in building off of what Kellen and Dak had before here. That, that was the focus, and I think Kellen has done an excellent job with that. Let's head over the phones now. Northside Dave checking in in the bullpen on this Friday afternoon. Friday, Louie. What's Dave. happening, Dave? Hey, how you guys doing today, man? All doing right. right. Well, how you doing? Well, I don't know. I got a beef with Jason. I'm going to come body slam. He was dissing me during his show by my phone. Like, Jason Dick was? Man. Yeah. I'm going to have to tell God I got a beef with him. I'm going to. Well, he knows a big dude. He's Jason, a big guy. Hey. Yeah, don't let the I waist loss fool you. He's still, he's, pounds, man. he's tall. He's very tall. Okay, well, he's. I used to bench press 350. I, oh. As long as he's, as long as he's, not, he's over 300 pounds, I don't have a problem. Northside Dave, 6'5", 250. I think you could bench press a Jason that. Dick. I think you could bench press yeah, a Jason Dick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. That's not a problem. Yeah, I think you could. Hey, last night, you know, I, I started watching the game, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Okay, um, this is stupid. I got to go with something else. But I just <laughs> couldn't stay away from the TV because I was so entertained by the stupid play calling <laughs> I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! What's the next comedy of errors gonna look like? Yeah, even it's... going into overtime, I'm like, okay, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, come on, guys, you got your your veterans. I'm like, so I gotta say that it's gotta be either the coaching or just not having the right personnel in place. That's what it seems like to me. It's just both of these teams just don't have that it factor anymore and and i can't believe people were picking the broncos to win the west Oof. So, yeah anyway, there was a lot of hype around them yikes there definitely was a lot of hype yeah, yeah the game was certainly yeah. uh hard to watch but hard to look away as an well awful game i 12 9 i mean it's just it, it, it's was not my favorite game that i've i've seen and, and i know i'm glad I that i didn't sit and watch the whole thing I, I'll be honest what? i i 100 turned it off as soon as it went to overtime I'm like i can't do this i can't watch any more of this it's awful well, you guys have a good week. I'm excited. I can't wait to see Quinn Ewers and the, and the Horns tomorrow against OU. And, man, for some reason, I'm really hyped about the Cowboys and the Ram game. Now. You think they'll so, win? You think they'll beat the Rams? I hope so. I, I think so, too, because after watching the Rams last week, ooh, yeah, man. That's true. So, no, I'm excited about this weekend. I, I hope uh, it's a good weekend for Texas. Well, oh, it will be. Yeah, it I, will think, be. I think it will be. Hey, thanks a lot, Dave. We appreciate it. Have yourself a good weekend, my friend. Woo! That's Northside Dave, the great Northside Dave here on the bullpen. 512-834-1027 is the number here if you want to check in with us as well. Opinions are welcome. Uh, Always welcome. Looks like uh, no major concerns for C.D. Lamb. Uh, he uh, did begin the session yesterday, though, at the uh, at the star alongside the, the rehab group guy, Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the end, listed DNP with a groin. Uh, later said, I'm fine, I'm good. I don't want to scare nobody. Yeah, Mike McCarthy said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, so said he's fine. No worries. He'll he'll be in. That. He'll be there. He'll be playing. Interesting prospect here, and and I don't know if we've if you've heard this before, but you imagine Odell Beckham Jr. as a cowboy. Could Can I you imagine the heart attacks of Giants fans everywhere if Odell Beckham Jr. Became Do you think a Giants fans even care anymore? He's been away. For, he's been away from that team for so long. Now. I think there are plenty of Giants fans who still claim him. Yeah, really. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean. I guess I don't know. Obviously, I mean, he's still. I don't really care where the hell he goes. He doesn't. It doesn't have to be a show every time he wants to sign with a damn team. Well, he's not sign with a team. He's not saying anything here. It's actually somebody. Yeah, he else. did he, right before the season started. He well, did before. But I'm going to either sign with the, the winner yeah, of the Bills. The Bills. Blah, blah, blah. I know. Yeah, but this is different. This is this is a. Uh, he's still recovering from that torn ACL. When he's healthy, there are. The, you know, he's going to make his final call now. Cowboys Great. are fighting for offensive production, and there's an odd information source that thinks Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. is the answer. Um, he remains a free agent. Recent rumors that uh, he's going to be returning to New York or L.A. But uh, Victor Cruz, 
former Giants oh, teammate of Beckham. He's made a career for himself in the media following retirement from football, and he recently weighed in with USA Today Sports, uh, saying the best landing spot, I think, for Odell is two places. One's Green Bay, and the second, I think, is the Dallas Cowboys, as much as it pains me to say that. <laughs> but what if he became a Cowboy, man? I, I, I think that it certainly wouldn't hurt Dallas. That's like Franco Harris going to the Seahawks. That's like Patrick Ewing going to the Sonics. Yeah. Like, it it's just it's just a new team. That's like Adrian Peterson signed with the Seahawks last year and played one game. Yeah, he scored one touchdown. Like it's really not that big a deal. Like he's gonna your team doesn't want him, so why do you care where where he goes? He's gonna go where he wants to go. If he wants to go to the Cowboys, which I think you're probably right, it might be a good fit for him because they need they still need help on in that wide receiver core. Yeah. Noah Brown is looking good. Michael Gallup obviously is back, but. That's pretty much about it. Yeah, those three, yeah. those three or four. So, my, why not bring him in? He could be a decoy, or he, maybe he can do some good things. You're right? Yeah, I think. Well, I it's think worth who, the shot. I, I think guess. whoever he, whoever he lands with, he's he's going to help. He just they're going to be benefited. I, I hope he doesn't realize. He I hope he realizes he's not the the number one guy anymore. No, he's not. He's just there to and be there old. and help out. Yeah, uh, t- time is undefeated. It takes everybody out. Rocky Balboa. Amen. Yeah, uh, there's a. A unique football versus MMA matchup added to the equally ridiculous Jake Paul Anderson Silva boxing undercard on oh, October Oh, is that 29th. still happening? Yeah. Former NFL All-Pro running back Le'Veon Bell can face ex-UFC fighter Uriah Hall in a pro boxing match. Didn't he just beat, uh, who did he beat? Adrian Peterson. He Adrian knocked him Peterson. out in the fifth. Ooh. Uh, this is a four-rounder contracted at 195 pounds. Neither man can be above 200 pounds on weigh-in day. Uh, Bell and Hall are making their professional boxing debuts. They're going to wear 10-ounce gloves. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. He uh, knocked out Adrian Peterson in the fifth round of an exhibition bout back in September. Uh, Hall, though, far more combat experience, 17 years as an MMA fighter. Isn't Frank Gore a fighter now, too? Did they mention Frank Gore at all? Uh, not seeing anything about Frank Gore. But Hall's known for his power. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Bell get knocked out by it. Le'Veon Bell was really good with with the Steelers. Le'Veon for, Bell was for fine, a long time, but I just I, that, I, was, that I was a fat, that was a quick fall once he went to the Jets. A close second to baseball, my beloved baseball, is boxing for me. Yes, and I don't like it when they make a mockery of baseball or boxing. And this to me is making a mockery of the sport. Even YouTubers fighting clowns, I don't know. Well, the problem is people watch it, and plenty of people watch it. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep doing it. Look, I get that. Jake Paul has somehow created a reputation in the fighting world now more than he probably did as a YouTuber or the dude's five and or TikToker or he's five and oh as yeah. a professional fighter. And he's he's, he's he's fought some really good fighters, correct? Uh oh really good. I mean he's Is he is he's he fighting some, the older ones on the decline? Well no, he, like he's he's not even fighting like real fighters. Like, you know, he's he's fighting pro athletes from other sports and stuff like that. Mm. Um you put him in there with the real But now he's going up against Silva, correct? Going up against Anderson Silva, who's, uh, I mean, in the sunset. I, mean, I of recognize sort of that fighting name. Career. So okay, and he was also over in the UFC. Gotcha. Who uh, one of the greatest of all time in the UFC, uh, but also an old man. So in, he's in just terms of, of he's just fighting has-beens, pretty Jake much has-beens and nobody. So why yeah. is he creating such a big reputation? I don't get it. He's literally just because he's fighting. He markets himself. Well. Dudes in the twilight of their career. He's one of those, uh, you know, late millennial, early. Uh, Gen Z uh, influencers just who know he's good at what he does. I, he's, I he guess went, he's got enough charisma to make people want to. He went fine, pay fine for famous or whatever with his brother. Mm. I guess. Well, good for him. Yeah, whatever. Good for him. Uh, one real quick bit of news out of the NFL going back to the Broncos game. Former Texas defensive back Caden Stearns 
<laughs> establishing himself as a playmaker in the uh, playmaker. He looked good. He looked great. Hell yeah, he did. All over the field against the Colts. Uh, he aided Denver's strong defense performance. He had two two interceptions, three pass breakups. Jumped in, uh, in front of a couple of Matt Ryan passes to set Denver up in position to score. Uh, the uh, the two interceptions Mark Stearns, third and fourth career takeaways. He was selected by Denver in the fifth round, uh, quickly becoming one of the better second year players of the league. Giddy up, and uh, yeah, I mean he 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 really did look pretty impressive. Love so, it. You know, it was good to see him. Hook him, baby. Good to see Woo. him. Hey, uh, what do you say? We talk a little Texas Music. Longhorn football after the break. Ooh, can we? Mm. Do they have a big game coming up this week or weekend or something? I heard something about it. Something happening tomorrow? They're going to be playing around a bunch of like deep fried Yeehaw. Coke cans and stuff like that. Let me that get my Fletcher's corn dog. And uh, a, a big old redneck who, with a deep voice, who caught on fire a few years ago. Like that—that that, you got all you can expect. All that. Welcome to the state fair. There you go. Uh, Texas is out with this great hype video. Ooh. We're going to share that with you coming up. 512-834-1027 in the bullpen. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. From the moment you start pulling into the state fair on your buses and you see both sides, what an awesome environment. I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about it. That's what it's about. What happens on this field of this rivalry is remembered forever. It's amazing how three words can mean so much. Red River Rivalry. To a team, to a school, to a state. A game defined by history and by hate. A game that creates memories and moments that never fade. He is hit at the one. End zone ahead, folks. And legacies that last a lifetime. We know there's a price to pay for greatness. And we've been investing in us for moments like these. Hey, let's go. It's time to empty the tank. For those who came before us, those who stand behind us, and for our brothers that stand beside us. There's only one way in. We have to fight our way out together. When the moments come, we're going to seize those. And let's make our own history. The Red River Showdown. Texas, OU. Here we go. I'll tell you, if that doesn't get you hyped up, I'm, I don't know what will. I got goosebumps, man. That was dope. UT hype video courtesy of Texas Longhorns Twitter. And, man, welcome back to the bullpen, by the way. Patrick and Brandon with you on this final segment. That set the tone for the segment, baby. Let's go. 512-834-1027 is the number if you want to talk a little Longhorn football coming up. And uh, the news is Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers, who's missed the past month with a pretty significant injury in his non-throwing shoulder, going to make his return to the field tomorrow against Oklahoma. You think so? Expected to start. That's according to uh, sources who have uh, spoken with ESPN. Uh, and uh, here's uh, head coach Steve Sarkeesian on uh, the whole quarterback situation and Quinn Ewers. I think one thing, Quinn is a very even keel guy. You know, he's not overly emotional. You know, he takes things in stride as they come, but yet he's highly competitive. Give him a lot of credit throughout this process of staying engaged. You know, we pushed him and we've been pushing him for the last month. And so on that aspect of it, I think it's been good for him because he's made, he's made really good progress, not only with his health, but I think, you know, schematically as well. 
So uh, Ewers has been dressing for for Texas games since the injury back on September 10th. Yep. Uh, but uh, this is the first game where he's really healthy enough to play. And that really is it does fall in line with the initial what, four to six week expectation mm-hmm. about his injury and his timeline coming back. This was a pretty significant SC sprain where the sternum meets the clavicle. Ouch. Um, and that uh, I mean, he right after it happened, he was he was hurting even just taking breaths. Sure, I'm sure. Uh, but his uh, his return providing certainly another daunting offensive weapon for the Texas against a struggling Oklahoma defense. Playing alongside one of the greatest uh, in the game right now, Bijan Mustardson Robinson himself. Which I heard uh, Fletcher's will have Bijan Mustardson sauce available for corn dogs at the fair. Oh, man. See, that makes me want to drive up there now. At least for the game. I don't know about the rest of the time, but I know at least for the game, they are selling Bijan Mustardson sauce. The, see, the fact that Bijan Robinson went with mustard it's makes great. me like him. Like you could have gone with all Dijon, kinds of stuff. Dijon. You went with your works. own mustard, dude. You broke the mold. Nobody, no, no athletes doing that. Who are you, Paul Newman? Like, and it's good. Too. Yeah, I, I mean, it's great. Hey, Paul Newman makes some fine popcorn salad dressing too, man. <laughs> I guess he does. He makes some great salad <laughs> some dressing. Good honey mustard. Um, but yeah, so you were going to be facing Oklahoma defense. Got eviscerated last weekend by yeah. TCU. Um, well, let's hope the same happens tomorrow. Oklahoma's number uh, ranks one hundred nine. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, 109 in total defense. Yeah, they yielded good. 668 yards to TCU, 41 points scored in the first half last week. Oklahoma 119th nationally in rushing defense. So I like a lot Texas of opportunity Texas. tomorrow for Bijan Mustardson and the rest of the UT lineup. Here's Sark on the uh, message to the team this week. Well, I think one thing when you get into games like this, and you guys have heard me say this before, it's easy to get caught up in the opponent. It's easy to get caught up in the fanfare, the rivalry, the stadium, which I do. You know, I want our guys to to enjoy it. But in the end, we need to we need to focus on us and we need to be enamored with what we do because ultimately, you know, and this is no disrespect to to Oklahoma or the setting of the game or the state fair or the fried food or any of the stuff that's going on around us. We're gonna play as good as we play or we don't play as good as we play based off of what we do. It's not going to be because of those other things. And so our focus has been on us and what we need to do and owning the game plan, having the right mental temperament, having the right mental intensity, having the right focus, attention to detail to play this game at a high level for four quarters. So both Sark and Brenton Venables, they've just been a little too respectful for my taste when it comes to this game. (laughs) It's one of the nastiest rivalries in all of college football. Yeah, times have changed. Bring though. back the old Barry Switzer, the beat Texas days. You know, yeah. like when when they, I don't know. I just, it's a different atmosphere. The, the rivalry a, is still there, but that vitriol, that true vitriol that used to be there between OU and, and Longhorn fans, sure. like, except for the old, the, you know, the older fans. I think the younger generation, I don't think it's quite there like it used to be. It's more, it's it's no. more pomp and circumstance for them than anything else. Yeah, if you want that old school style, you'll have to only look to one person, and his name is Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, he's the only one that still likes to uh, still likes to you know spark a flame at a press conference at his opponent, mm-hmm. especially one of his favorite opponents, uh, Nick Saban, Alabama. Yeah, and aren't they playing them this week? That they are, my that friend. Are. But but what my my point is, everyone's. It's it's a different age, man. Everyone's buddy buddy. Everyone's respectful. Everyone's like nice it. to one another. I don't like it's it. It's very rare to see uh, any sort of high ranking official in sports actually go after their opponents. Anybody. I don't like it. I, I, I like sure. a, I like a good metaphorical punch in the mouth, and then a week later, a good shake of hands, and yeah. then you're and then you know 
We kind of caught the all, tail all water end of that. The yeah, we kind of caught the tail end of that, or maybe I did of the old school. Oh, I still the firmly remember it. Yeah, I don't remember it as yeah. much though, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it was just a different era. Times have changed. Just sign of the times, of course. Um, Which so, isn't necessarily bad. It is what no, it is. You're right. You're right. Looking here though, I was just looking through uh, at uh, you know some of the, the who, who's picking. Every everybody I'm looking at here, all, all these different media outlets, sports media outlets, and, and staff, they're all picking Texas, and they're all similar numbers. Uh, college football news taking Texas 38-34. That's a little closer than I would expect. Same score though by the Athletic 38-34 Texas. Uh, Hook'em headlines is uh, taking Texas 36-24, and then uh, you know a various you know 34 34 34 you know, so it, a lot of it looks like most people think in Texas are going to score probably between 30 and 35 points but, okay but there are, there's not a single person that I've seen in any of these lists that are taking Oklahoma and I'm not one of them either so. look we'll see uh I honestly think that this all starts and probably ends with B. John Robinson probably with how bad their defense has been he should be able to run all over the field I think so yeah I think so uh, horrible defense there. Him right? and Roshan. And, and they should have some big games. And that, and I think that I, the only reason why I think that is because I don't think they're going to, if Quinn Ewers plays, they're not going to force some big throws on him to start at least start the game. So what they could do, you know, do some rollouts, check down to the, the running backs and let them make a play for you because if that defense is as bad as everyone seems to talk about it is, they're going to run all over the field yeah. on them. And so that'll take the pressure off Quinn Ewers to have to – Feel like he needs to throw the ball downfield right. the entire game. If they can, if they can get at him early with with Roshan and and Bijan, I think I think they'll just dominate this. I game. believe you're right. I believe you're right. Uh, you brought up the uh, the A and M Alabama game uh, coming up, and uh, it looks like yeah, got a problem here. A and M quarterback Max Max Johnson broken a broken a bone in his throwing hand. Uh, he suffered the injury actually. Uh, during- Is that the backup? To the backup? Well, yeah. So he was uh, he replaced Haynes King, who started the first two games. Jimbo Fisher replaced right. Haynes King with Max Johnson. Well, Max Johnson's now broken a bone in his throwing hand. Uh, could be out the remainder of the season for this. Oh, boy. Yeah. Not, not good, good. Not good news for Aggies fans. Took over that starting job in the third game of the season against Miami. Um, so, yeah. Hey, Please. shock the world, Aggies. Beat them anyway. Yeah. Also, you know Bama better than anyone, apparently. Back over in the Big 12, West Virginia running back uh, C.J. Donaldson in concussion protocol is going to miss this weekend's home or, I'm sorry, next week's home game against Baylor. Uh, that uh, he, uh, This is an injury I guess he got against Texas this past weekend. Uh, you might remember he remained on the ground there for several minutes. He had his helmet and his, his uh, pads off, carted off on a stretcher. So uh, it's a big loss for him. He, he leads the Mountaineers with 389 rushing yards, six TDs, about 6.9 yards a carry. But uh, West Virginia, idle this week. They're going to host Baylor next week. So there well, you go. Good luck to them. Yes, let's, let's hope everything works out. Hey. Hey. What do you say we head over to the ballpark, Brandon? Oh, I'm cool with that. Yeah. You know it. So uh, first day of the MLB postseason is here. Mm-hmm. We've got back-to-back-to-back-to-back games. Amen. Big uh, wild card ramifications for these games ongoing uh, today and this weekend. Now, all the way down the line, who, who at the end of at the end of it at the end of October beginning of November, mm-hmm. who's getting the ring? Right now, day one of the postseason, who takes it all? Probably the Dodgers. I think so too. I, it's it's hard to it's hard to go against that because uh, I think their toughest opponent would be probably the Braves and in, in the ALDS. 
or oh, no the doubt ALC, about ALCS. That. No doubt about that. Uh, but I this still Braves think Braves team is better than last year's World Championship Braves, which is scary and it weird because they didn't start the season very well and they, they were they were they were losing more than and they were winning at one point. But but no, the Do- I mean the Dodgers are just too stacked. They are they have depth on depth on depth. They're they're you know their third string uh, third baseman had like seventeen home runs this year. Like these guys are. Just too good. They I, are. They're too good. I can give you four reasons right now Ooh, bring it. why the Dodgers will win it. Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, and Will Smith. Dude, Freddie Freeman. You, have to, you lose Braves. Freeman. I mean, God. Give me a break, You know dude. the Braves are kicking themselves because if they had Freddie right now, I might be taking the Braves to go all the way. Not only that, his mindset was completely in the wrong place to start the season, and he still was one of the best hitters in the National League. Yep. Just yep. Unreal. What what were you thinking, Braves? Yeah. And uh, you know, throwing the likes. I got, mean, they're obviously fine, but still bonkers. They got one of the best deepest lineups in modern MLB history. You yeah. throw, throw in also Max Muncie and, and Justin Turner there. We I forget mean, about Chase Bellinger. And Chase Bellinger. Yeah, it's it's hard to not pick them. You got Chris Taylor. Now, what if I made an so argument for depth. the Seattle Mariners taking it all? Uh I'd say uh you never know. So <laughs> that's all I got. As you know, the Mariners make up for their lack of of, of star power offensively. With, well, star power to the rest of the league. They well, are wait, pretty wait. damn good I mean, players. Wait, you know, sorry, no okay. need to get defensive. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, they they got a lineup that wears down starting pitchers. Is where I was going with that. Patience mm-hmm. and very sound pitch selection. There you know what that's in called? Seattle. You know what they call that? What controlling the zone. Mm. That's right. Or high IQ. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, so when healthy, they got the necessary power to really swing momentum with just one swing of the bat there. All right? Especially when Julio Rodriguez, Eugenio Suarez, and Mitch Hanniger are all clicking. Mm-hmm. Okay? Don't um, forget Ty France in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the Santana's best attribute got you got there in Seattle is the pitching staff, top to bottom. Rotation anchored by swing and miss workhorses Luis Castillo and mm-hmm. Robbie Ray. Mm-hmm. Right? Big Former stuff Blue Jay slash Cy Young winner, yeah. Robbie Ray. Yeah. So, uh, Pitching plays more than anything in the postseason, uh, and the Mariners certainly have a staff that could do it. They match up against anyone with that pitching staff. The 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 hitting will have to be very very timely. Uh, but look, man, they're in it, so anything can happen at this point. Any there's always there always seems to be one random player on each team that just seems to go off when you would least expect it. So I'm kind of hoping to see something like that. I think Julio Rodriguez is ready to. Hit some big time hits in the in these games. Now, as much as I as happy for you as I would be, mm. uh, if it's not the Dodgers, it will be the Astros. I know, and it's hard. It was hard for me to take the Dodgers over the Astros, not only because I like the Astros, but because the histor- the, the the history is there, right? I mean, listen to this. We're talking about a hundred and one win underdog. Listen, listen to this here. The Astros have played seventy nine playoff games since the start of twenty fifteen. Twice as many as any other team not named the Dodgers. Sure. Who have played 82 in that span, by the way. Astros have also played five consecutive ALCS. They've won three pennants. Jose Altuve has played in every single one of those 79 postseason games. Yuli Gurriel, Alex Bregman played in 73 of them. Even Martin Maldonado, Kyle Tucker, Jordan Alvarez, they've got postseason experience. And they boast the deepest rotation in all of the AL. Six quality starters, Justin Verlander and Fremer Valdez, just in a few, or a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a couple of starters already going to be moving out of the bullpen, which, before that happens, has the best ERA in all of Major League Baseball right now. So, That's pretty good. if you take the Houston Astros, it is not a bad pick by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. not it, And they're not doing the trash can thing this year. Nope. It's all legit. Let me argue, though, 
you're right. But again, everybody's zero zero at this point. So it's all the stats that happened for the last few months is out the door. This is all brand new. We're starting fresh. Oh, I get it. Tell yourself so. whatever you have to, man. <laughs> I get it. I get it totally. I'm As just a Red saying, Sox fan. I get that. You never know. You just don't know. You follow there, my- the, There's a chance the Padres could get to the ALCS and play the uh, who, who would they play the Braves? Yeah, that could be very. Or weird. they could play or the, the Cardinals. The we Mets. don't know. Or the Mets. Well, no, they're playing. I'd the love Mets. to see. They're playing the Mets. But now, I'd love yeah. to see the Mets. You know, beat the Dodgers and play the Braves. How about how about that? How about ALC, the- or NLCS Braves uh, and Mets? Yeah, that would because be a- you know they're both pissed off at each other. Yeah, and it's especially it's, the Mets. it's hard to get any better than Jacob Degrom and Max Scherzer. And then you know what if what if uh, Albert Pujols goes crazy? You know, we've certainly seen him, do and that we've seen him do it, and that team is still pretty dang good. So, what if they make it all the way? So, John yeah, John Heyman with the New York Post, he's taken the Astros to go all the John way. Heyman. He says all other AL teams are flawed. He says their pitching's best in the league. Lineup maybe two. He's given the odds to win three to one. Followed up by the Dodgers and then the Braves. This is pretty much man. I don't respect a single word that that guy says. Why? He's so clickbait. Oh really? Yes. Well, hundred percent. I thought maybe it's because he put the Mariners Twitter. ninth out of out of twelve teams. Yeah, because he's why. had a vendetta against this team for a long time, and the rumor is because we don't share our sources with him anymore because he's not a great journalist. Well, he's not. He writes for the New York Post. My point exactly. Yeah, but that is a clickbait city. Like man, all I've done for the past sixteen years is talk behind place. a microphone. Well, it makes makes me more of an expert, dude. You have better re- you have so. a better reputation when, than those two combined. And God, give me a break, God. <laughs> Thank you. Are we really are we really Thank saying the New York Post has any sort of good reputation? No, but they got some funny headlines. They do, but they they're trying to be the onion and yet also want to be taken seriously at the same time. Yeah, like stop it. Hey, uh, as we're coming up to the uh, the final minutes, not in the fooling bullpen, anyone. Did, uh, did you see this video that leaked between uh, Draymond Green and Jordan Poole in the in the Warriors practice the other day? Uh, I did see that. This yeah. was a, a nasty punch that Draymond Green, uh, Green laid on Jordan Poole there. Yes, it was. Uh, it was very uncalled If you for. haven't seen this, TMZ has released it today. Uh, doesn't make it clear what the two are saying to each other, but uh, it makes it clear what Green thought in that moment. Luckily, Jordan Poole wasn't hurt too bad. He was able to finish out practice. But he has uh, Dr- Draymond Green has now apologized to the Golden State Warriors uh, for that quote-unquote altercation with Jordan Poole. That wasn't an altercation. And it wasn't a sucker punch either. No. Uh, Jordan Poole had it coming. Because he pushed him, but nevertheless, this, but also, this was a rough punch. Green got in his face, but we don't yeah. know why. But this kind of con- they were a- they were a good twenty feet away from each other, oh, yeah. and all of a sudden he just walks over, gets in his face, push, blam, bam. I agree. I both men share some blame here, but uh, that's the kind of punch that breaks jaws. Yeah. You know, yeah. this that's was where a- he hit him too. Uh-huh. He hit him like right in the middle of the jaw. That was a nasty punch. So. Uh, but yeah, he has apologized uh, throughout his career. He's been uh, considered one of the, the the heart heart and emotional leaders of the Warriors. There, I didn't even know he was still in the league. To yeah, be honest with yeah, you, yeah, he is. Uh, so yeah, that's going to do it for us this week on the bullpen. You got a big slate of things to do this week, and don't forget you got the the uh, Red Red River rivalry. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of NFL games, but most importantly, you've got MLB postseason all friggin' day, all day, every day, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Enjoy your weekend, y'all. Be yeah. safe out there. If you're going to ACL, drink water, please. Lots Thank of you. It. And don't ride a scooter if you don't know do how. Do not ride a scooter. We do not need more accidents and more people getting hurt for no reason. That's right. Just walk. You'll be fine. Stick around. Paul Feinbaum up next. And Beto, Sports Talk at 4. We'll see you Monday. See you.